different this morning. I hope all of you have a copy of it. Does everybody have a copy of the scripture reading? Anybody need a copy? That might be a better thing. Anybody need a copy? So before we begin, I want to tell you two things. One is there are two creation stories at the beginning of Genesis. The first one is called the wet story. The wet story begins with a bunch of water and darkness. And then there's the dry story in which everything starts with dirt and waiting for water. Both of these stories look at who God is, and they don't address science as we think of it, although for them they were looking at the world and observing. These stories are about God and the focus on God. So Nicole and I are going to be the readers in the non-bold print, and you're going to jump in on the bold print. Is everybody ready? All right. At the beginning of God's creating of the heavens and the earth, now the earth had been wild and waste, darkness over the face of ocean, breath of God hovering over the face of the waters. God spoke light, and light appeared. And God saw that that light light was good, good, and and separated separated light from darkness. God named the light day. God named the dark night. It was evening. It was morning. Day one. God spoke, Sky, in the middle of the waters, separate water from water. God God made sky. He separated the water under sky from the water above the sky. And there it was. He named sky the heavens. It was evening. It was morning. God spoke, separate, water beneath heaven. Gather into one place. Land appear. And there it was. God named the land earth. God named the pooled water ocean. God saw that it was good. God spoke, earth green up, grow all varieties of seed-bearing plants, every sort of fruit-bearing tree. And there it was. Earth produced green seed-bearing plants, all varieties, and fruit-bearing trees of all sorts. God saw it was good. It was evening. It was morning. Day three. God spoke, lights come out. Shine in heaven's sky. Separate day from night. Mark seasons and days and years. Lights in heaven's sky to give light to earth. And there it was. God made two big lights, the larger to take charge of day, the smaller to be in charge of night. And God made the stars. God placed them in the heavenly sky to light up earth. And oversee day and night, 
to separate light and dark. God saw that it was good. It was evening. It was morning. Day four. God spoke swarm ocean with fish and all sea life. Birds fly through the sky over earth. God created the huge whales and all the swarm of life in the waters and every kind and species of flying birds. God saw that it was good. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill ocean. Birds reproduce on earth. It was, it was evening. evening. It was, it was morning. morning. Day five. God spoke earth, generate life, every sort and kind, cattle and reptiles and wild animals, all kinds. And there it was, wild animals of every kind, cattle of all kinds. Every sort of reptile and bug. God saw that it was good. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature. So they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. God created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air. For every living thing that moves on the face of earth. And God said, I've given you every sort of seed-bearing plant on earth and every kind of fruit-bearing tree, given them to you for food. To all animals and all birds, everything that moves and breathes, I give whatever grows out of the ground for food. And there it was. God looked over everything he had made. It was so good. So very good. It was evening. It was morning. Day six. Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and what we think and pray be according to your will and purpose. This we pray, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. At the beginning, when the earth was wild and waste, a swirling mass of darkness, energy everywhere, chaos reigned. Chaos is described in the dictionary as disorder, disarray, disorganization, havoc, turmoil, tumult, commotion, disruption, upheaval, muddle, and mess. 
I would like to know how the people from Webster's got in my office. <laughs> that is what I want to know. And my laundry room. We know about chaos, don't we? The chaos of moving when you can't find anything. The chaos of going to a new school. The chaos when things are stacked on top of other things and there's work and school, there's children, there's getting everything packed into life. We may know the personal chaos of job loss or a relationship ending or of grief or life just seeming unmanageable. Do you ever feel like I do that I don't even want to start because there's no way I can finish all the work? Maybe that's just procrastination. Yeah, that's, it, may be, it may be that. In business journals, I'm going to go back to the chaos slide. This came from a business journal. Chaos is the new standard they are writing that people in the business world now need to be adaptable, which means they need to learn on their feet. They have to learn new technologies that the standards are changing more rapidly than we can keep up with. And parents know chaos. I just love this journal. You can go to the next slide. Thank you. I love Wiley Coyote. I feel like Wiley Coyote sometime. So Christine Googe is an elementary school teacher. This past December, she was interviewing for a job, and they had the levels of how students were to achieve. You know, there was this student, and that person needs to learn so much, and this student who was a little more advanced had to learn so much. And she went home and said, I wonder how I'm doing on that chart. And she thought about her marriage and herself and her child, and, and she said, I was buying into that notion of having to be perfect, which, of course, we can't do. And so she was having um, a fight with her little boy about picking up. And in her head, there was this kind of chaos which said, what does this mean? What does this mean for his teenage years? He can't even pick up his puzzles and Legos. He'll probably not even be able to hold a job. <laughs> so sometimes the chaos is in our heads. At the beginning, when God began creating the heavens and the earth, there was chaos. And God's spirit moved over the waters, and God began creating. The Hebrew says, not created. Began creating. Keep on creating. And God said, light, and light came. And God said, separate, and it separated and this week, I learned the most amazing thing. Y'all may have already known it. Around the earth, there are two magnetic shields so that when radiation bursts from the sun that could wilt the earth in an explosion, it first hits a magnetic field which dissipates it out into space. And there is a second magnetic field for those solar flares so that when it comes into the earth, it then slides down each pole 
to protect the earth. Is that not, like, totally awesome? That is amazing to me that God, working in creation, also protects and provides in abundance. God is about creative, amazing, crazy abundance. There's all the abundance of the animals. You know, there are all kinds. I looked up um, animals starting with S, and there were 561. I don't know how many animals there are in the world, but you've got kangaroos and hyenas and the long-necked giraffes. You've got tigers. You've got tiny, tiny, tiny little salamanders. You've got all kinds of gazelles and chipmunks and cows and crows and sea otters and scorpions. There are amazing numbers of animals. There, what was this one? Nobody wants scorpions. Well, hopefully God provided someone to eat them. Yes. And you would think that this hymn of praise that starts the Bible, this rhythmic God said, and it was so, and it was good, was born out of a time of prosperity, out of a time when things were good, but no. This hymn of praise, this song of faith, was born out of the worst situation in the people of Israel's life. They had been conquered by the Babylonians. The temple had been destroyed. The city leveled. All the educated people, all the leaders were taken in chains and settled far, far away from their homes. They lost family. They lost everything they knew. They knew absolute devastation in a way that, thanks be to God, I have never known, and I hope you have never known. And out of the cauldron of captivity came a faith that was incredibly enduring. Now, in Babylon, they said Marduk, who is the supreme being of their gods, their war god, they were saying to the people of Israel, our god won, your god's nothing. Why don't you sing a song of your home, sing a song of Zion? And, of course, they wept and mourned. But then... Out of that experience came not cynicism, not disbelief, but a holding on to God in a new and profound way that had nothing to do with prosperity or getting what they wanted. I went to look up prayers, Jewish prayers, and it was amazing to me that the prayers in remembrance of the dead and of the Holocaust focus on praise of God. It starts and ends with praise. And one of the writers said 
that out of the place of anguish, to praise God is to bring new life. To praise God is to bring new life. There is a church, I believe it's in South Carolina, and their baptismal font is wood. It's big and it's very solid. It was once a slave block. And the church, as a symbol of what God can do, created the baptismal font out of it to talk about that God can bring new life out of terrible things. Now, I bet this morning you woke up and you looked in the mirror and thought, I am the same old me. None of you expected to look in the mirror and see that you had grown two inches or that parts of your face were suddenly not sagging anymore. None of you expected to wake up with different colored hair unless you dyed it the night before. But what scripture says is that new every morning is God's love. New every morning are we because of God's love. That's why it's so important to begin day with prayer and thanksgiving is to remind us that there is a God way beyond our needs and our desires. Way beyond us, thanks be to God. I sent out a devotional, actually I programmed it last night, but it came out this morning, that talks about the Palish family. Some of you remember them. They were Bosnian refugees. Eighteen years ago, they'd been living in a refugee camp for five years. And in this amazing kind of moment of Holy Spirit, people in the committee said, yes, we'll go sponsor some refugees. And two weeks later, we said, we heard they're coming. And we went, oh my and about 70 people in the church, they got furniture and got a place to live and tried to figure out how Biro would work. And we went to the airport, this delegation of about 10 people held up signs. And off the plane comes Swada, who we did not know was six months pregnant. And we went, oh my. <laughs> and not only that, when she was ever in a moving vehicle, she got sick. And they were homesick and scared, and everything they owned was, were in a couple of plastic bags. Byro didn't speak any English. Swada did a few words. And Byro was telling me the other night that he remembers Andy taking him upstairs and holding up the traffic signs so that he could get his driver's license, trying to learn the word in English. And Byron said, I knew what he meant. I just couldn't say it. And he was so frustrated. A three-month commitment turned into six months. We had no idea what we'd gotten into. There were people every day who drove them to doctors and to work. We moved them twice because the first apartment we got was cockroach infested. So it was chaos a whole lot of the time. But it was also the Holy Spirit moving 
to bring something new out of the chaos. And so this past Thursday night, their daughter Shayla graduated from high school as president of her class. Marsha Williams and Cheryl Boswell, who was a member of the church, and I were there. I started crying when she walked in the door. It was amazing. And Swata turned to me and said, do you remember the day she was born? And I said, yes. She said, do you remember you said, what can I do for you? And I said, pray. And so here a Christian and a Muslim joined hand in a hospital room, and we prayed. We prayed for the baby, and we prayed for them, and we prayed for their families who were still in danger. And it was the Holy Spirit there. We have a God that is so much bigger than we are. We have a God who can bring something new and remarkable and wonderful out of the chaos of our lives. Thanks be to God.